Snippet, the short podcast platform. Welcome to The Awakening Code, a new show from Snippet featuring conversations around the process we call awakening and living more consciously and on purpose. This week, we're thrilled to be joined by scientist Nassim Harriman to discuss all things physics. We started off with a conversation about the unified theory of physics. Physics is more or less the study of the way energy moves, the way matter is coheritized, the way light travels, the way sound travels. It's kind of the study of everything. Right. And on the very small level, there's a set of rules that work awesome. Mm-hmm. On the very big level, those are rules, set of rules that work awesome, but they don't necessarily talk to each other. They don't agree, yeah. And so that's why there's a huge chasm between, you know, this, this, this separation. And Einstein thought that that wasn't right. He thought there must be a theory that would actually unify physics, the small and the big. And he worked his whole life literally till the day he died. I mean, he was trying to solve these equations you know, hours before he died. Um, and, you know, it, since then, it's been a quest. And it used to be really unpopular to be working on unification. If you said to, in a physics conference, as I did, that I would be working on unification, um, you know, it was poo-pooed. Like, it was not a good idea to say that because people felt like, you know what, we've got two theories, they work, why look for anything else? And if Einstein couldn't figure it out, forget it, you know? Right. Who are you to right, figure it out? If Einstein couldn't so and Stephen Hawking, because the Stephen Hawking movie was actually called The Theory of Everything. Exactly, yeah. More or less revealing his quest to, that he was also obsessed with figuring out this unified field. Exactly, because I think instinctively people feel, of course, you know, big things, you know, actually are made of small things. So, of course, there must be a theory in which the small things and the big things all kind of come together. And, um, you know, uh, many physicists and in some way, in some ways for many, many years in secret would work on the unified field theory, but not admit to it um, because of the stigma about it. But the thing is, is that I believe I firmly believe this. If Einstein had the mathematical tools we have today and the instrumentations we have today, I think he would have solved it. Um, The solution I found is very classical, very simple, and actually you can teach it to a 10-year-old, and you usually will understand it. So it actually, you know, and this has always been the case in every large discovery and every big changes in our understanding. Usually it's something that's like super simple that just eluded everybody. (laughs) Well, and you got to wonder, like you said, people are just, if they're really good at their field, mm-hmm. and we have to think of the, the narrow way that physicists and mathematicians or anybody is trained, brain surgeons, they stand on the shoulders of the people that they learned from. Mm-hmm. So it's a very narrowing experience, the, mm-hmm. the structure of academics. Yes, and it creates separations in, in, in some ways because people become very specialized and they speak a very specific language. And these languages don't translate one into the other very easily. So a, a quantum theorist talking to an astrophysicist has a hard time understanding each other. Um, you know, even within the same field, like in astrophysics, if you're studying 
binary systems and, and you're talking to somebody that's studying planetary systems, you know, the language is not the same, the understandings are not the same. So, it, so it, people have a really hard time getting a complete picture, a holistic picture of the way things work, and it's critical to understand how uh, physics of the universe occurs and how we stand here looking back at it. Because if we understand those fundamental principles, then, I mean, the sky's not even the sky is the limit. Like, the universe is the limit. There is no limit. There is no limit. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's important. You know, I came from a completely left field uh, perspective. I came from a non-academic uh, point of view. I did the research over a period of 30 years, but I did it independently. So actually, I was able to think what I wanted to think and come to the conclusions I wanted to come to. Oh. And that was really, I think, a completely different path. Um, and so I think it permitted me to see things in a little bit different light. Uh, I studied the same equations and the same physics that they all studied, but being an independent, I was able to like pick and choose really what I, f you know, how I felt about something, and if it made sense or, or if it didn't make sense to me, I was not in any constraint to accept any preconceived ideas. So. I think it allowed me to think a little further out of the box. And, um, you know, it just brought me to this place which stands really, really close between um, spiritual awakening and, and physical awareness, like um, and the understanding of physics. But, uh, but the understanding of physics in a perspective that's like so large, so... Um, you know, incredible, infinite in nature that, um, you know, it touched on, on an, a spiritual, um, you know, uh, expanded state. And, um, you know, it's funny when you, when you look at some of the writings of Einstein and others, when they had these type of discoveries, they often talk about that state that that they were in, in in those moments of discoveries and you know most of them talk about how you know it's a gut feeling it's an instinctive like feeling. divine intervention yeah it's not it's not like you're writing equations and all of a sudden it like appears to you it's like you, you know you're actually imagining and you're 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 feeling the universe and you're you're in you, you know you're you're kind of taken and, and you're taken there, and then you get the vision, you get the sense of what it is. And, and then you start to write the equation, and you see if it unfolds the way you thought. So, it, you know, that is so rare in the institutions now. right now. It's not, it, this is not taught to students. It's not, it's not brought to the attention of students that maybe a discovery is not about, you know, how many... Um, you know, partial differential you can solve, but actually um, how you can visualize um, space, how you can visualize the universe, how you can, how, how do you feel inside this universe? And, you know, even Einstein talked about how imagination was more important than facts and so on. So it, it, it's about that gut feeling. And then, and then you go and do your homework and see if it pans out. And, um, and, and if it does, usually it's remarkable. And it did for me, but it took some 25 years, three years 
And then when it came out, it was so beautiful. Earlier you were talking about how, you know, the spiritual community talks about being one and how things, everything is one and all this. And it's a nice philosophy, but how is it true? You know, like you seem to be over there and I seem to be over here. And, you know, it doesn't feel like the counter between us is part of us um, and so on. And so, like, how is it true that it's one? And this is what was the most beautiful part of the equations I wrote, was that when I was writing them without trying, um, all of a sudden the, the math came out showing that, like, every single teeny-weeny nuclear of atoms, every proton is connected to every other proton in the universe holographically. And so you can imagine an equation that involves all the other protons in the universe and to find the mass of one proton. You think and such an equation wouldn't work. Well, actually, it's so accurate. It's so remarkable. It is more accurate by 4% than the current standard model is able to predict for the radius of the proton. So it's a remarkable thing. That is incredible, and it is what we talk about all the time. And at a gut level, I would think everything that you just said sounds more right than one type of physics works over here, the other type of physics works over there. We don't care that they don't talk to each other. Mm -hmm. But at a gut level, I think all of humanity wants to think, no, everything truly is connected, mm -hmm. that the same laws that work on the very small must be the same laws that support the very big mm -hmm. because – that's the way, you know, a ripple in a pond. Mm -hmm. Throw a rock in there and it ripples out and it has an effect on a very broad way. Something about it just makes sense to us. You also kind of talked about that divine intervention process. Tesla was another guy who, in flashes of bright white light that he could not really explain, more or less the invented machine came to him. He wasn't really inventing in the classic sense. Mm -hmm. He saw it and once he worked it out in his mind, he just built it. Mm -hmm. Where, like, Edison may had to build 500 light bulbs to get it to work. Tesla saw the darn thing, mm -hmm. the generator or whatever it was, mm -hmm. built it, and it worked. Right. <laughs> First shot. First shot. Yeah, exactly. It's remarkable. And, and you know, the funny part is that the equations I wrote pretty well says that, meaning that information is not being produced within you, in your brain, mm -hmm. but actually information is everywhere. It makes everything what it is. And you're baiting in a field of information, and you're like an antenna capting information. And, and certainly there's antennas that are better tuned than other to catch to capture certain sets of information. So, so some people may capture more scientific set of information. Some people are may be tuned better to capture more artistic sets of information and so on. And so that you realize, wow, you know, actually I'm interacting with everything, right? And, and, and I'm being a conduit for this information and, and I'm manifesting it in this world. Um, and so it, it, it changes your perspective about yourself and the universe and how you relate to it at a very fundamental level. And the amazing part is that these equations are very simple. And that's actually what takes people a little bit of time to warm up uh, to. is because the equations are, are, are straight algebra, geometry equations. And they're extremely simple but they're extremely powerful at, at predicting very fundamental 
constants and 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 parts of physics that have been unsolved to to this day. We'll be right back for more of our conversation with Nassim Harriman. Welcome back to the Awakening Code. Our conversation with Nassim Harriman continues. Well, you talk about an extremely simple equation, Einstein's E equals MC squared. Whether we know what that means or not, it is pretty simple in its explanation, I mean, in its presentation, if nothing else. Exactly, and it's profound. And at the same time, you know, it says something very deep about the nature of energy and mass um, and the speed of light. And so, um, and, and it's a little bit like that. It's just that in, in this case, um, just in this simplified state, um, this simple information ratio between the surface event horizon of a black hole and its interior produces the exact... Uh, mass and energy of a system so that all of a sudden E equals MC square starts to have a new meaning, meaning that the equation is beautiful, but it doesn't tell us much about what is mass, what is energy. So it shows that there's an equivalence between this thing we call energy and this thing that we call mass and this crazy speed that we call the speed of light. But it doesn't say anything about what these things are. And, um, and, and, and these new equations start to tell us how mass actually comes to be. What exactly is energy? And it turns out that it is the result of the dynamics of this field of information that permeates everything, that everything emerged from and returns to. And all of a sudden, this unified view of the whole universe appears where, where every point in the universe is talking to every other point in this amazing network that is highly coherent, highly organized, and only appears random and chaotic. Why I think a lot of this information has been kept from us is the system only knows what the system knows, and we've got this closed system right now, the mm -hmm. academic system, mm -hmm. that you just stand on the teachings, mm -hmm. learn from the books, you go through the process, the process, mm -hmm. it doesn't allow you, like you said, it doesn't foster that expansive view right. of how do we come up with a new answer. And there is a mystery that still wants to be in, uh, resolved in physics. Absolutely. And you know, like when you say the closed system, I mean, it's literally that. Most of, many of the laws, fundamental laws of physics start with that statement. I mean, the laws of thermodynamics or, you know, the laws of conservation start with that statement. Within a closed system. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Uh, and, you uh, know, and then you look up a closed system, right, in a physics uh, dictionary, and the first sentence it says in there will be such a thing has never been found. You know, there's no such thing as a closed system. Electromagnetic fields, uh, gravitational waves go through everything. You can't isolate something from the universe it's in. And so, no. so kind of like devalidating all these laws that we've made based on closed systems. Well, we want to be able to encapsulate things to understand them. I mean, isn't that what religion is? Mm -hmm. It's a closed system. When we talk about spirituality, it's wide open. Mm -hmm. But as soon as we say, and you're going to learn this, 
It's like, and we're going to put it in a box so you can learn it. Yeah, and only this person can bring you right. to that state. Right. Um, you know, you've just closed the system and kind of get rid of all the other probabilities <laughs> that can happen. Um, and, and, and it's just not like that. Uh, and, and so instead of, like, trying to understanding the laws of physics and in some isol- artificial isolated system, we must understand the laws of physics in the dynamics of their, the relationships of things, uh, of right. all things. Um, and, in, in, and that means in terms of their geometry, in terms of their relationships, in terms of the energy or information exchange that occurs. And when you do that, when you start to think that way, and that's a very geometric way of thinking, um, you can start to like understand, oh, wow, there's patterns. As much study as we've done on the courses that have been learned and, you know, the thousands of years we've been studying it, it, there is still room to learn more. Absolutely. I don't think we'll ever end the quest. Uh, And, you know, that's the thing. The way the 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 physics are showing us, the way the universe functions, of course, it is a a self-perpetuating feedback loop of information in which information gets more and more complex systems get more and more um, uh, tuned in and and they um, and, and so the, the the learning continues because everything is continuously changing and so um, so we're gonna we're discovering uh, fundamental principles and these fundamental principles will bring us to deeper, more fundamental principles, which will bring us to deeper ones again, and so on. And I, you know, and this is why the universe will always go on, is because it's continuously learning from every point in space. Thank you for tuning in to The Awakening Code. Next week, we speak with polymath and inventor Robert E. Grant. And we hope you'll join us then. 